Louder, people, yeah. Woo. Are we on? Are we on? I think we're on, brother. What is up, everybody? I'm George, and welcome to the very first live episode of the Best Little Horror House in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. Uh, and today's guest is part of Philadelphia film industry. He's worked on movies like Split. He's worked on the upcoming Hustle, starring the Sandman himself, Adam Sandler. <laughs> He's social media for KatsuCon. That's fun. Please welcome Craig Hacker. Hi. No, don't clap. Stop clapping. <laughs> no, clap. All right, clap. Uh, how you doing, pal? I'm great. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. This is amazing. I, uh, I can't believe that this has finally come about two years after our initial episode. That's right. Uh, I'm stoked to have Craig back because Best Little Horror House is well over 100 episodes deep at this point, but Craig was our 11th guest ever. And he originally picked Evil Dead 2, which is, of course, yes, of course, an amazing, amazing movie. And Craig said, that's not enough, George. <laughs> I got to come back and talk about Army of Darkness 2. Well, I've changed my mind. Right. I, at a time, I thought that Evil Dead 2 was the best horror movie ever made. But after we finished the episode, looking back and listening to it, I said, no, I, I'm wrong. It's Army of Darkness. And, and who could blame him? It's such an incredible series that uh, we just had to uh, had to double dip for it. So Craig is back. We're talking Army of Darkness today. That is the best horror movie ever made. <laughs> and we're going to be breaking it down right here. Uh, but before before we do that, Craig, uh, what's been what's been going on in Philly film land? Uh, well, you know, it's an interesting time for Philly film. M. Night Shyamalan is back. back uh, I'm working on the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, it's called Knock at the Cabin, filming here in Philadelphia soon. So uh, look for that at some point in the future. Hell yeah. We love, we love M. Night here. Oh, absolutely. Um, but we're not here to talk about M. Night. We're here to talk about Army of Darkness. And it starts with Evil Dead 2. Because Evil Dead 2 made a ton of money overseas for, for uh, Dino De Laurentiis. And so Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Raimi got to work writing Medieval Dead. Uh, that was the original title for Army of Darkness. And in my opinion, a much better one until Universal <laughs> made them change it. Well, there's a thing about sequels that, uh, you know, they always have to follow the same title structure. Sure. It's like the same reason for why, uh, oh, what's that magician movie? Now You See Me? Now You See Me, Now You course. See Me was called, the second one was called Now You See Me Too, when it should have been called Now You Don't. Of course, of course. It would have been way better, but studios are going to interfere, and uh, that is very much the story of this movie. Um, it wasn't getting made right away. And so Sam went to work directing Darkman in the interim, which was also very successful. It tripled its budget. And so Universal was like, we gotta just keep working with Sam. We're gonna invest in, uh, in Army of Darkness because the budget, $8 million that Dino had set aside, uh, just wasn't gonna be enough. And so Sam and his brother Ivan, Raimi, finished the script. Uh, guess what Ivan does? He showed up on the commentary, and guess how he was introduced? How? Uh, doctor of osteopathic medicine, Ivan Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> what is osteopathic medicine? That's bones, baby. Ooh. That's why there's so many that, skeletons in this movie. That comes, that comes back. Yeah. Um, is he actually a doctor of osteopathic yeah, medicine? Yeah, that's real, man. That's what he did after writing this movie. He just said, I think I'm going to study bones. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Sam, Sam said something in the commentary that really kind of blew my mind. He said that when he was working with Dino De Laurentiis, um, that Dino had been in the producing game so long that he handled the New York advertising for the battleship Potemkin. 
the Eisenstein movie that uh, is it, 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 incredible. That, I never would have watched that movie again. I went to film school. <laughs> so you've seen it. I've seen those steps. <laughs> the inventor of montage, <laughs> Sergei Eisenstein. Well, montage definitely is one that comes back for this one. Absolutely. So. Look, Raimi knows what he's doing with those montages. You get the snap zooms. It's incredible. Um, but Dino, like I said, he brought in Universal to help financing. And this brought the budget up to just about $11 million, although uh, another million dollars would have to come from the salaries of Sam, Bruce, and another producer to shoot a new ending. You got to sacrifice for your art. That's right. Uh, the family affair doesn't stop there, though. Of course, brother Ted is in the movie four times. Uh, he's cowardly warrior, brave fighter, supportive villager, and smart clerk. Uh, Sam's famous Oldsmobile, of course, the car appears in every single one of his movies. The classic. The classic, even when it's hidden as a wagon or just parts up on a wall, uh, it's in every single one of his movies. And uh, of course, Bruce Campbell, the, the heart and soul of the Evil Dead movies, um, the costume designer for this movie, Ida Guerin, uh, they had just gotten married right before this movie. A real family affair. It really was. They said uh, they were they were in, engaged, and they said we weren't sure our relationship would survive Army of Darkness unless we were already married. So well, if, you, if you go back and look at some of the filming, this movie was horrendous to film. Oh yeah, it was a nightmare. They filmed it in some of the hottest months in California with the shortest freezing nighttime hours. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. It's miserable. They're shooting in the desert. That's a mistake right there. <laughs> and uh, I know there's a lot of cosplayers in here. I don't know if anyone's ever worn armor before, but it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It traps a lot of the heat, and they're doing a lot of shooting at night, and they're shooting in the middle of the summer in the desert, which means that nights are not that long, and it's really uh, kind of the opposite of what you might expect them to do. <laughs> <laughs> Poor planning. Yeah. Um... Ash, like I heard, like uh, Bruce Campbell plays Ash, uh, Ashley Williams, and he, uh, like I said, the shoulders, his shoulders are kind of where the movie rests because he has to do Ash, Evil Ash, the mini Ashes. Yes, he's all over this movie. I think he plays like seventeen different roles if you uh, if you total it up. Yeah, between the voices that he's just throwing behind and everything. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the cast is fun too. You have Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur and Richard Grove as Duke Henry. Uh, apparently, their on-screen rivalry transcended into uh, drinking games after the day's shooting. Well, most film back then just <laughs> translated into drinking games. And most film now just translates into drinking <laughs> games, honestly. Uh, we also get um, Bill Mosley, Chop Top, from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, he plays a deadite captain, and he said that he literally wrote Sam a letter and was like, I'm just... We've died. Oh, no, we're back. No, we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> he said, I love the Evil Dead Commercial so break. much that I just got to be in the next one. And Sam said, does that mean you'll work pretty cheap? And he said, yes. And he said, you're in. <laughs> there's, a, there's a pretty common misconception that a lot of people have is that uh, Bill Mosley plays the villain of this movie. Oh. I, yeah. You know, everyone is like, oh, look, it's Bill Mosley. For years, I thought it was Bill Mosley as well, but I was... Uh, shocked to find out that it was actually Bruce Campbell. Right, uh, Bill is the, the captain. Not yes, the, he's a, a very small role. Yes. Uh, speaking of small roles, you also get Bridget Fonda is our, our third Linda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, M. Beth De uh, Davidits as Sheila, who they had to fight Dino to cast, but was well worth the fight, in my opinion. Uh, she's really great. She kind of 
anchors the movie in a really great way. It feels like she's taking it very seriously. Well, I think she is. I, uh, I worked with M. Beth Davids a few years ago, and uh, I, like a fool, like you're not supposed to do in the film industry, I went up to her and was like, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I love Army of Darkness. Uh, rookie. And she just kind of <laughs> stared at me and was like, so is lunch here yet? <laughs> or uh, what are we doing? Sounds, sounds inspired, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I stopped doing that after that. <laughs> the effects, I mean, the effects are absolutely incredible. They're done by K&B, which is a studio that had formed from Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Berger. Uh, after their time on Evil Dead 2. That's where they had met, and uh, of course, Greg Nicotero is extremely famous for The Walking Dead and, and uh, plenty of the Romero movies he worked on as well, so big-time zombie guy. But uh, yeah, he's, he's also known for the Evil Dead movies. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much what he's mostly known for. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm throwing shade over here. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, look, I think Romero is more important. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> Uh, but Raimi was also inspired by Ray Harryhausen's stop motion. Uh, they actually filmed with Intervision, though, which is front-projected images instead of the traditional rear-projected images that Harryhausen and his contemporaries used. Uh, and he kind of blended the components more, uh, more effectively together. You know, I think it looks really great when Ash is battling the skeletons and, and the mini-Ashes and everything. Mm -hmm. The compositing looks really fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Um, and to your point about how difficult this uh, creation of this movie was, Bruce said during the uh, commentary, he said, my motto is, if it's easy to make, it'll be hard to watch. But if it's hard to make, it'll be fun to watch. And let me tell you, this movie is fun to watch. <laughs> uh, it was truly, like, like we said, it's a hundred day shoot in the desert. And that's long. That's, that's really long. <laughs> very long. Uh, truly a der terrible decision on many fronts. First of all, like we said, it just gets incredibly hot and incredibly cold. Uh, Marcus Gilbert, who, like I said, plays Lord Andrew, said he lost 11 pounds in water weight that first night that he was wearing the armor. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of water weight. I should wear some armor. <laughs> it's just chill in the desert. Well, I see a lot of cosplayers here, and as you know, armor at night gets cold. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about cosplay and the temperatures that it uh, that it maintains. Um, now, here is a shut up, Jerry. <laughs> here's the most surprising uh, challenge that they faced, in my opinion. Uh, they were right near Tippy Hedren's Big Cat Sanctuary, <laughs> and so it sounds like a joke, but it's not. They had a few shots ruined because there were just lion roars in the background happening. And that they they were like, what's going on? And they said, oh, that's Tippy. You know, Tippy's got a big cat sanctuary. And and they as said, you, as you do. Well, we're not going to talk to Tippy Hedren about <laughs> shutting up the lions. <laughs> so they just dealt with it. Send a locations guy over there with like fifty dollars. <laughs> Listen, we should be quiet for like a hundred days. <laughs> yeah, just quiet the lions for a hundred days. That'll be really easy. Uh, Bill Pope is the DP. He also worked on a little film you might have heard of called The Dang Matrix. One of my faves watched it again this very morning. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it. Yeah, never heard of it. Uh, well, it's a pretty good movie, and uh, he told a funny story about Sam, and it started with him saying that uh, he's going to be a monster about where everything goes. And Bill goes, okay. And Sam said, you're not going to fight me on this? And Bill goes, no, you're the director. It's my job to start where you stop. And Sam goes, 
All right, this was a test. I don't really know anything about what we're doing. Uh, I just wanted to see if you'd push back on this. Um, I also noticed while I was watching this behind the scenes stuff, he did an impression of Sam mm -hmm. Raimi while he was doing this. Everybody's impression of Sam Raimi included him saying buddy. buddy? So I don't know, he's just calling everybody buddy. Well, that's a, that's a great tactic when you don't know anyone's yes, name. Yeah. Hey, buddy. That I, use that, I use that same tactic at work a lot. Chief, sure. buddy, pal, boss. Well, you'd think that you're hiring Bill Pope. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know who this guy is. Yeah, you never know. I guess He's so. He's bad with names. I, I was thinking that maybe he just took inspiration from Pauly Shore, the weasel himself. <laughs> he was... The impression did not include him going, Hey, buddy. <laughs> um... There was a lot of experimentation on set. Um, Sam wouldn't say cut, though, he said, so that people wouldn't start coming into the shot and fussing with makeup and everything. This way, everyone is still focused, but they get to have a little loosey-goosey uh, improvisation. Yeah. I thought it was really... Uh, a cool way of handling it. It's, I, I mean, it's a bizarrely organic movie yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I watched this movie a couple times, and, and watching the background, it, it's pretty funny because it feels like everyone thinks they're in a different movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of tones kind of hitting each other at the same time. Um, I also, I'm normally a fan of Dino's producing. I think he, he has one of the most interesting filmographies out there, but he had truly one of the most insipid sentences I'd ever heard, which was, we Big gotta words. cut the exploding skeletons. <laughs> cut the exploding skeletons? I've never heard a worse idea in my life. That would have killed the entire movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's firing words right there. Yeah, that's, you gotta fire the Get them out, get me someone else. An uprising, an organic <laughs> uprising in, in support I of the I sold this movie on the skeletons. <laughs> we have to have the skeletons. You gotta, you gotta. If you don't let the backers know, they're all gonna pull out. <laughs> He's the backers. He is the backers. Well, there's other backers too. That's true. Universal, they love skeletons. Uh, so. Sam and Bruce had to put up money, they would have pulled out. That's true. That's true. Um, Dino was also in the middle of a conflict with Universal about the rights to Hannibal Lecter for Silence of the Lambs because he had produced Manhunter, uh, the Michael Mann version. And so they were trying to, like, uh, well, we have Hannibal Lecter, but we know you need him. And so Universal. <laughs> took control of the post-production costs for this movie and that was what basically gave them Lecter. Is Dino was like, I, I'm tired of spending money on Army of Darkness and I will give you Hannibal Lecter if you just pay for the rest of it. It's basically the same deal that uh, Vin Diesel made at the end of uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift to get the rights to the Riddick that's franchise. Right, that's right. Well, it was worth it both times. I <laughs> um, agree more. And once Universal took control of the post-production, they started taking a lot of runs at the chopping block. And this was actually the second time in a row that Sam had had his movie kind of butchered by Universal, especially in regard to the ending. You know, uh, Darkman is famously kind of chopped up and there's a lot of material on the cutting room floor. Uh, that is the case for this as well. There's over 10 minutes of cut material. Um, and spoiler for about 30 minutes from now, um, there were two endings shot, like I sure. said. They had to come back, they put in another million of their own dollars and everything. The first ending is the one where Ash takes the sleeping potion and just dies in the back <laughs> of his car. Which, <laughs> grim, but also, I kind of like it. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I've never even heard of that. Did they film yeah. that? Yeah, they, they filmed that, and then they said, that is way too dark. He has to at least survive the movie. <laughs> Uh, no sequels. 
we're done. Right, and so they said, all right, well, we're, we're kind of thinking about what the sequel might be for Evil Dead 4, and they said, okay, he took one too many drops, he wakes up in post-apocalyptic London, <laughs> and this will lead into Evil Dead 4, where he's the Omega Man, leading an uprising of robots against the Deadites. Do you think they still would have filmed London in California? <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> it would have been that same Mojave <laughs> Desert spot. Classic <laughs> European terrain. <laughs> um, now, preview audiences were sad about the end of the world. And so Sam and company had to head to Malibu uh, to a lumber yard to shoot the new ending. <laughs> where they built an S-Mart and they, they reshot it so Ash is a cool guy who gets to fight off another deadite and get the girl and he sort of gets to come into himself in, in his in his own time as a as a champion. I think it's better, honestly. I I, I, I like the irony of the first one. I like it but I I love the remade ending. I think it's it is great. perfect for him. Uh, it's held to the king baby. Held the king baby. Uh, I think for my money I would have gone with the Lumber Hitchens <laughs> in the car. <laughs> well that's the differences between you and I. George. I guess so, I guess so. Then on top of this, Universal wanted a PG-13, and so they kept carving and carving, and the MPIA would not budge. They actually wanted to give this movie an NC-17 at first, which is wild. Which is what the original one was rated. Right, and Bruce Campbell went, this movie literally has talking skeletons, how can you <laughs> give it an NC-17? And uh, they, they were insistent, and Universal also made them change the name, like I mentioned, distancing it from Evil Dead 1 and 2, and they pushed the release to just after Valentine's Day, February 19th, 1993. A classic Valentine's Day movie, if sure. I've ever seen one. Sure. Uh, I was funny, it was, thinking about like the movies that have come out around then, we recently covered Funny Games, the U.S. version on the show, and that was also a Valentine's Day release, and so it's like, yeah, you, you and your, your loved ones go see nice Funny Games U.S. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Um, Bruce said that this movie cost about $13 million to make after it was all said and done, and it made $13 million domestically. So it was more of a flop than people might realize, but it did eventually make some of its money back with $21.5 million at the international box office. So oh, people yeah, did know, it fun. In the long run, it's, sure. it's made of oh, sure. Which is what you want with a movie. You just wanted to make lots of money very slowly. Gotta have legs. That's what film companies and studios <laughs> love. Uh, long the long game yeah they they famously love that uh it did clean up at the fango awards <laughs> that year is uh, that still around uh i think that they're back or they might be the chainsaw awards now or something like oh. that but uh and heck we're recognizing it right now as the best horror movie ever made so there you go fango if you're listening please have us in as hosts Sh sure sure um, so let's get into the actual movie. We've talked about the context now. Let's talk about uh, Army of Darkness, 1993. Uh, at the end of The Evil Dead 2, as you may remember, Ash Williams had just fallen back in time with a shotgun and chainsaw affixed to his arm stump in, in the Middle Ages after fending off a demon that possessed and killed his friends and loved ones in a small Tennessee cabin. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> it's just that's your classic weekend getaway. Three, four times a year. Sure. If you're lucky. <laughs> Uh, now, in 300 AD, he's greeted by some local knights and a wise man who says, well, this is convenient because there's a prophecy in the Necronomicon that says a guy will fall from the sky to deliver us from the terror of the Deadites. Mr. Pitt. Mr. Pitt. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a great prophecy to have for when a guy falls. Well, it's Mr. Pitt, yeah, that guy, it's Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld. 
I'm not a psycho guy. Not oh, a psycho oh, guy. Oh, you well. put me on blast, Greg. So, sorry, if it's not a hard one. Uh, I chose. I chose. I chose friends, and the great friends signed Bill to me. Wrong. So look, man, it was what it Wrong. was. <laughs> uh, but the lead knight is Lord Arthur, and he doesn't believe Ash about his incredible story, and he says, "To the pit with ye." And, uh, I mean, what's the point of having a wise man if you're going to ignore him? They ignore this dude at every single turn. And it's like, just don't hire a wise man, then. Hire a stupid man. It'll be a lot cheaper. The only thing, they don't really, you kind of see it. They have numerous wise men. There's like a whole squad of wise men. A quorum of wise men. (laughs) A murder of wise men. Is that what they are? They're crows. I mean, kind of. Sure, sure. Just like kind of wandering around the entire time, giving out advice that no one wants to listen to. (laughs) Nobody wants to listen to they, they're right at every single turn. Yeah, it's basically the medieval Al Gore. <laughs> they did warn about global warming. I remember that part. It was on. That's one of the things that they cut, and Sam was like, I really feel strongly about this. Yeah. And Dino said, no, I don't believe in global warming. <laughs> For that classic Dino. Science wasn't in yet. <laughs> and on the way to the pit, we learn that these guys are at war with Sir Henry, and there's a fancy lady named Sheila whose brother died in battle last night to Sir Henry's men. And she beats up the chained Ash a bit in retaliation for his presumed allegiances to Sir Henry. Uh, to Sir Henry. One of my favorite parts of this movie yeah. is just Ash walking to the pit and just getting beat on by children. So many just, times, yeah. are, Like, one kid just has a, has a stick and is just smashing him into the stomach. And you know that they made him do it. Like, they actually oh, just yeah. gave a kid a stick and were like, go beat him. I always respect when a movie is brave enough to accurately reflect the, cr- the cruelty of children. <laughs> I mean, you watch something like Sleepaway Camp, and everyone in that movie is a psychotic. And you're just like, yeah, that's what Sleepaway Camp was like. Well, I think there's a, there's a great quote uh, of Sam when they're on set, uh, of them like discussing how to uh, do an effect or something for Bruce. And he's, yeah. Sam is like, no, torture him. <laughs> Hurt him. Like, he needs to get it. Yeah, well, it works. It works every single time. Um, I also love this bit when Arthur is like, uh, I can't believe you, Henry. We're dealing with the Deadites, and you have the audacity to wage war on us. And he goes, Henry goes, you attacked us first. And Arthur basically goes, whatever. (laughs) Well, Arthur does that a lot in this movie. Uh, You know... I remember being younger and thinking that I was like, oh, well, this is the noble King Arthur. And he's absolutely right. And rewatching this through like an older lens, Lord Arthur sucks. Lord Arthur sucks. He is cruel. He's yeah. mean. He's a bad leader. Let's uh, get another, a third synonym for cruel. In there. <laughs> uh, bad guy. Unkind? Mean. Uh, Hellacious. A good one. I can't top that. <laughs> Word a day dictionary, George, over here. <laughs> It's a, it's a glorious sight to behold when the first guy gets tossed into the pit and it erupts in a blood geezer like Old Faithful. Now, that's a classic. That's a classic Evil Dead that's hallmark classic. right there. That's a hallmark of the franchise is a nice, giant geyser of blood. I mean, that's a Sam Raimi thing, and, and it looks fantastic. And it's funny because, uh, it, like I said, I watched this behind-the-scenes thing, and one of the special effects guys went, we normally have to do a lot more blood for a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, it is a... Retrospectively, pretty light on the blood. Pretty light on the blood, and and that was why he had so much unopened blood. And Sam said, "All right, well, we're going to do a blood geezer now." <laughs> well, so you know, they, they just use it all at once. Yeah, exactly. Well, they spent the money on the blood already. You might as well use it. Well, Otherwise, that money is not going to come back in the next blood budget. <laughs> you got to spend it. You got to spend it. I also love Bruce being like, "I never even saw these assholes before." <laughs> 
Well, this is kind of like it. So this is just two movies happening right here. Yeah. There are people who are legitimately in a, I, I guess, medieval period. Medieval, not yeah, I was going to say Renaissance. Sure, period Medieval piece. period piece. Yeah. And then just a, just a buffoon <laughs> wandering around yelling things. Yeah. Uh, well, and he is certainly yelling, and so in he goes. <laughs> they don't want to hear his yelling anymore. They throw him into the pit. I want to know at what point, though, that pit was made. That's just a classic, classic medieval pit. Because it takes up a lot of space in the courtyard. <laughs> if you're, if you have a medieval castle and you don't have a pit for throwing people in, then you've messed up your medieval castle. That's just the facts, Craig. I'm sorry to put you on blast now. Fine. Like this, you're, you are your medieval architecture skills are lacking. I was one to dig a, like a spike pit on my own property, but well, it turns out you can't booby trap your property. <laughs> Imagine that. What have we lost? This is what we've lost as a society. Sure, sure, Craig. <laughs> You're just sitting there like a madman. <laughs> Kevin from Home Alone. <laughs> booby trap. It's, I think you're allowed to as long as the booby traps involve a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan Fine. dancing around your living room. <laughs> um, but in goes Ash, like I said. He gets his butt kicked by a woman who looks an awful lot like the possessed deadites from the first movies. And even Henry is getting into it. When Arthur demands that the spike walls start to close in, just in case the pit's not enough, closing in spike walls. Again, why Arthur, great leader, you know, meant to be kind of a hero of the story, but he's got a spike wall pit just in the middle of his courtyard, open air, Look, Craig, no fences around it, children playing around the pit. Craig, they say redundancy is key to running a successful business, and... Clearly, Arthur has been making the lording business work a lot longer than you have, is all I'll say. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> um, now, the spikes do nothing to stop this woman, <laughs> although he does throw her into them. But the wise man from before wisely took Ash's chainsaw, and he says, uh, okay, this guy only has one hand. <laughs> it's maybe getting a little unfair. Uh, let's drop in uh, the chainsaw for Ash who dispatches the woman, evades a second secret hag monster that was hiding all along, uh, and he didn't even know it was in there. He's, it's, this, this hag monster was played by the Stay Puffed Man. The same actor who played the Stay Puffed Man is the, is the stunt guy who played her. That, that's an iconic actor right there. Absolutely. Um, I, lo I love his how he gets out of the pit. The his, belt. his Indiana uh, Jones belt snap. It's fantastic. And he narrowly avoids the spikes. It's perfect. It's picture perfect. We love Ash, don't we? <laughs> um, he's smooth. He's smooth. He's, he's smooth. like one of the smoothest buffoons. <laughs> he's, he's just got a pure pure charisma. He's, it's it's all on the chin. I'll say that. Uh, and everyone is greatly impressed by this, as are we. <laughs> we we're not alone. The, the the crowd is impressed by it as well. And Ash gets a solid sucker punch on Lord Arthur, uh, and demonstrates his boomstick on the second monster from the pit. Uh, very funny when he gives him the pitch on the gun, and he's yeah. like, you can find this in the sporting goods section. $109. Um, Oak stock. Oh, it's beautiful. Henry gets told to uh, screw off, basically, and Ash wants to go home, but he can only do so much, or he can only do that with the Necronomicon, so he agrees to track this down uh, after being attacked by a witch. And it's a, a fun fight with the backwards finishing blow where he <laughs> shoots over his shoulder. It's like, yeah, he's smooth as hell. Well, it's just it's it's kind of funny though, in that how polished he is uh, in you know to fight these deadites. Yeah. When if you have to remember that Evil Dead Two happened about forty eight <laughs> hours previously, if he that, cut off his that. chain his hand with a chainsaw the night before. <laughs> 
his his healing time is phenomenal. Uh, I, he's just like a very reflexive learner. It count it counts all of the years between. 1986 or whatever, and uh, and 300 AD. Well, sure. I guess we don't know how long he was in that portal. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he had time, sort of, uh, got a little wibbly wobbly. Yeah, he was able to uh, to heal, of course. Um, and he's also aided in his healing by the blacksmith, who gives him a new hand. A great montage. Great montage. Uh, pretty much an exact recreation of the chainsaw hand montage. Right from the from Evil Dead Two, of course. And uh, the the blacksmith is played by Tim Quill who's a friend of theirs from back in the Super 8 days of their high school shooting. And I, love, I love that. Yeah, it's great. He, he loves bringing back the same people. And uh, it, it, this, like you said, harkens back to his prep and new hand in the second movie, but also feels a little like RoboCop to me. <laughs> but yeah, this is the classic snap zooms. This is Sam Raimi montage in a, in a nutshell. It's fantastic. Uh, he was like, I need it to be able to have mechanisms inside. And they were like, but it doesn't need that, Sam. It's so much extra work. And he said, no, it's got to have the mechanisms inside. No, it's a, it's a great prop. It's, it's a, a great little piece of machinery. Uh, probably one of the most advanced prosthetics ever made. <laughs> of course. Made by a man with a high school education in a 13th century <laughs> blacksmith. Well, he has the, uh, the chemistry 101 <laughs> book and everything in the back of his car. He's really prepared. It pays to keep yeah. textbooks, science textbooks, in the back of your car. You never know when you'll fall through a portal to 300 AD. And uh, the next morning, after getting a smooch from Sheila, the wise man sends Ash a off. A little more than a smooch there. <laughs> okay, well, I was trying to play it coy, but... Uh, they, they send him off towards the cemetery that contains the book, and they say, you gotta say the, the classic words. Klaatu, Barada, Nikto. The only thing that can stop Gork's laser. I mean the Deadites. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the woods, we finally get our, our Raimi vision, the, the demonic zooming along. Uh, it's one of my favorite of Raimi's hallmarks. Best use of a 2 by 4 in film <laughs> history. And it's splitting trees in its fervor. We've never seen a, a demon wind quite this strong before. <laughs> I love just the aspect of the... We talked about this the first time, too, is that there's no specific rules for the Deadites. Yeah. You know, we talked about how it seems like they just want to have a good time. You know, they're not here for a long time. Well, I guess actually they are here for the longest the time. The longest time. Well, and the, they're here for a good time. Yeah, everything becomes a good time in the long run, I guess. Like, they just like to mess with you. They're not yeah. there to necessarily... Like, they could take over anyone at any given point in time, but that's not fun. You know, there's yeah. no, they, they like the chase. They like they the like hunt. They like the chase. And Ash gives it to them, big time. They've never had so much trouble getting someone before. And they chase him to a windmill, an isolated windmill, and actually uh, Sam's voice is the augmenting the, the demon screaming here. And uh, actually has been augmenting the demon screaming since Evil Dead. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that. Ah, there you That's go. Learn something new every day, don't you, Craig? <laughs> Most days. A <laughs> uh, lot of very cool camera work as they enter the windmill and the sun goes down. Woo! Uh, something else that occurred in Evil Dead 2 is Evil Ash and uh, the mirror reflection of himself that mocked and tried to kill him. And here in the windmill, he sees a mirror and panics. He shatters it. And uh, all this does is make him have to fight several little guys we, instead. We, we have to talk about the practical special effects aspect of this scene. Sure. This scene is phenomenal. It's, it's one of my favorite set pieces ever. Uh, you know, you, you look at it and you think that it's like some sort of computer effect or something. No, they just built giant fake two by four, sure. like beams essentially. A huge and fork. Had a huge fork. A huge fork. But like 
they're great use of doubles and you know, I had this realization that if I had been working in the film industry back at that time, I definitely would have played one of those <laughs> doubles. I have sure, I okay. have the correct chin. <laughs> you would have been they would have had four mini ashes instead of three. Absolutely. There you go. And uh, if only, if only you cried. If I could fall back into a portal and go back in time, I'd go back to 1991 perfect. to the filming of Army <laughs> of Darkness and play an ash. Perfect, perfect. Uh, but yeah, this does look fantastic. They have the compositing that I talked about before. Um, I'm curious who you'd rather fight. One giant evil Craig or several <laughs> tiny Craigs who are intent on your demise? I'd probably go with the tiny ones. I, I'm, I'm a whole lot of man. And uh, yeah. I'm very, sure. I could easily overpower myself, I think. Sure, sure. I, I am thinking uh, the little ones because I uh, have a, a couple of younger cousins. I toss those guys around no problem. Yeah, I also don't think I'm, I'm very cunning or smart. <laughs> so I think like, you've got to be very intelligent as a small thing mm. to overcome such a large creature. Sure, they have to work together. Teamwork makes the dream work, famously. Um, now... Ash, one of them dives into his belly. They tie him down Lilliputian style, Gulliver's Travels up Very there. Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, and uh, they, they dive into his mouth when he passes out, and Ash drinks some boiling water. This is classic Ash. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't think about how it's going to affect him, just how it's going to affect the little guy. And so he he's, says, he's I'm reactive. He's not very, he doesn't think, he just does. Yeah. He lives in the moment. He, he, oh, it's beautiful, really. When you think about it, it's beautiful. <laughs> we should all be pouring boiling water down our throats when a well, you know, just like look when, a, when a little guy goes in there. What else are you gonna do? Look at that scene. No one's on their phones. They're all just living in the moment, They're drinking no boiling water, yeah. uh, j <laughs> stabbing each other with forks. I miss it. I miss it every day. <laughs> um, now, Ash. Uh, he loses control. The boiling water doesn't actually do anything, and an eyeball suddenly erupts from his shoulder. Disgusting. Disgusting. First of all, I really like this for a few reasons. First of all, it's just cool, but it's also a nice escalation moment because this is a, a moment of body horror that we had. There, I mean, it's been goofy so far. Right. This is yeah. a, this is a genuinely gross moment and and a bit of horror that you can't really say anything else has been yet. It's a great moment of shock. No, I mean, anything with eyes is just... Eyes and teeth are sure. and disgusting, it, and, and it, no one should have them. <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, I, I co-sign this. We yeah, should we all should just, just be flat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in uh, Galapagos, the Kurt Vonnegut story, where he's like, we break big brains were a mistake. We need to unevolve. We need to we be need to otters. Lose, we need to lose our, our teeth so that we can't have this problem anymore. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Vonnegut knew what he was talking about all along. Smart guy, smart guy. That Vonnegut, he predicted. He predicted Army of Darkness. Who knew? <laughs> Ash Ash struggles with the the emerging eye and resulting body, uh, and he's revealed to have grown a whole second head as he as he staggers out into the moonlight, and it continues to split from him in a gross way. That's also interspersed with. Delightful Three Stooges slapstick. There's so much Three Stooges in this movie everywhere. That's called balance, folks. <laughs> you get body horror and Three Stooges, and that's it. That's that's the best horror movie ever made. Yeah, I don't think there's there's almost any other movies that balance just slapstick vintage comedy with Cronenberg-level body <laughs> horror. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> 
Um, but this is Evil Ash, who finally uh, splits from him completely and does a simply delightful little goody two-shoes dance. Uh, he says that, uh, Bruce said in the commentary that this is him and his impression of Sam torturing him in high school. <laughs> is that Sam would call him a little goody two-shoes and do a dance at him. And um, I just love imagining that. <laughs> Especially since he's so handsome. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's the hand. you know, out of that group of filmmakers, they all were like, well, Bruce is and the Bruce only one that can be And Bruce was older, too. He was older. <laughs> he was one year older than them. And they said, no, you're the nerd here. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta knock him down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ash shoots evil Ash in the face, and there are two great lines in different versions here. Uh, I'm curious to know which you prefer. In the first one, he's in the, the official cut, Ash says, good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Uh, and in the one that I think that this is the one I prefer, uh, the cut one, he says, not that good. <laughs> good to bad, I'm the guy with the gun, is, I think, one of the most American sentences <laughs> ever uttered. There and this, this really is a, a movie about uh, Americans. It, yeah, just wandering into a castle and saying, I'm in charge now. Yeah, I got a gun, I got a chainsaw, I've got sure. a classic piece of American muscle. There you go, what else do you need? I'm the boss now. Um, after the shot to the face, Evil Ash is dismembered and buried still, I mean, alive. I'm doing big air quotes here, but uh, I guess you could call it alive. And the makeup as he gets buried looks really fantastic here. But then on top of that, uh, what's that you got on your face followed by a <laughs> shovel full of dirt is maybe one of my favorite moments in this movie. And they're finally at the graveyard. Uh, it's good looking uh, with the off-center designs and the gargoyles and whatnot. Uh, but now there's three Necronomicons just sitting out in the open. <laughs> they planned for this. This is, again, the, they, they just love pranks, those deadites. Do you think that the graveyard was there first or they buried the graveyard around the books? <laughs> wow, great question. I think that the, the books sprang up. They're like a force of nature. I see. And uh, they just said, well, this is a perfect place to start burying dead people. Nothing bad will happen here. <laughs> well, no one wants to go there, so it's kind of a peaceful resting place. I, I guess. I guess so. Or is, yeah. it, or is it the place most likely to be disturbed? <laughs> um, but it, he opens one, and it's, of course, a trap. And he gets sucked in. And again, there's some truly disturbing body horror here as his body stretches. Amazing prosthetics. It's, like, really disgusting. And when his face stretches out like that, uh, it's nasty. He climbs out, and it's played for laughs, but I'm sitting there like, this is gross. Yeah, the way he just, like, well, I don't think he snaps his face back three times. Yeah, yeah, and this, it, like, never, it doesn't get quite right. The second and the third one are pretty simple. They're just kind of, like, a little bit wider. He's got, like, a bigger chin. Yeah. It looks like uh, he went through the freaked machine instead. <laughs> and uh, the second book bites the crap out of Ash, and uh, he goes to take the third. The Monster he, Book of Monsters? Of course, of course, the Harry Potter classic. And uh, he remembers that he's supposed to say the words, but he can't remember what they are. And again, you know, the wise man tried to get him to repeat it a bunch, and they just refused to listen to the wise men. Unbelievable. If you ever run into a wise man, listen to him. That's my advice. Well, you should probably, listen, I, uh, I made my, uh, I watched this movie for the second time last night, and I, uh, I forced my girlfriend to turn off Bridgerton and to watch this movie, to which she was not happy They're about. They're basically the same. You know, she, she was like, am I going to hate this movie? And I had to lie <laughs> and say, no, no, you're going to love it. Right. And uh, she had a lot of great comments through this whole thing, but uh, she made a good one at this point, which was basically, this is uh, every man that has ever gone to the grocery store and not written down <laughs> what they're supposed to get. Yeah. 
I, I know what I'm supposed to get, of course. You got <laughs> milk, rolls. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's right. Gatorade? <laughs> that sounds, you just start wandering down and be like, well, I, I, I want this now, so I'll start putting this in the basket. You come home and you've, uh, you haven't gotten the third thing that you need to actually make dinner that night, so then you have to go back again. Do we have boomsticks at home? I don't think we have boomsticks at home. I'm going to get You buy the one. wrong type of ammunition for your <laughs> shotgun. You're like, duh. I bought 38. I was supposed to buy 45. Uh, now, he doesn't, Ash doesn't know what he's supposed to say. So he tries to cover it with a cough. And I, I love, he looks around and he says, okay. I, I did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's like somebody was watching him. And of course, the spirit world has no qualms about having to be there to watch you say it. And so they hear him uh, cover it with a cough, and uh, the ground around Ash erupts. And again, we get this amazing slapstick sequence as he gets his butt kicked by a bunch of skeleton hands. Just delightful. Oh, it's phenomenal. Again, boop, boop, boop. Boop. It's more just like three stooges. Oh, it is, I it is, they literally do the three stooges eye poke. Yeah. Like three times. Yeah. Uh, I actually They're like, hey, did you... I know we just did it, but did you remember... You know the three stooges or anything? Yeah, yeah, we know. All right. Two seconds later, hey, hey, it's that thing again. There you go. You know, I actually uh, just recently learned from watching the Toxic uh, Toxic Avenger commentary for another episode, plug, plug, that <laughs> that the way that you can film a good, like, eye poke uh, sequence is flip the camera upside down and then just do the motion in reverse. And that way, when you run it through processing right way up, it looks like you're doing the motion perfectly. So That's, there you go. You know, the eye poke is... Uh, didn't think you were getting practical filmmaking tips when you signed up for this, did you? Now, something about the eye poke, I think, translates better on a podcast form than it yes. does uh, <laughs> on screen. This you, is a visual medium, You like right? to hear it described yes. more than you like Look, to see it. This is why the people who are here live get the ultimate uh, experience. <laughs> they got to see me sort of half-heartedly gesture at Craig's eyes. It was beautiful. <laughs> Just take them out. Like I said, George, people shouldn't have eyes. There you go. Um, now... Evil Ash is resurrected by this as well. Bill Mosley. Well, e yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Bill Mosley. Um, and the e general evil goings-ons are happening, plus a lightning strike is really kind of a, a, a perfect storm of bringing evil things back to life, I'd say. Um, and Ash comes back to the castle, and he tries to play it off, but everyone is really pissed that he didn't say the words right. Yeah. This uh, is uh, another uh, another comment from my girlfriend where she's just like, this is a movie about how white people, uh, straight white men ruin everything. He did. He, he, they said, we can't send you back unless you have the book, but say the words or else it'll wake the army of the dead. And he said, okay, I got it. Yeah, I got it. And I'm he, listening. I'm he, a white guy. I'm from America. I have a gun. <laughs> I think I can do I this. I can handle okay. this. And he goes and he, he doesn't do it and they're all they just are like what the hell dude and but they are honorable it's the honor is real in 300 AD and they say they're men of their words they are and they they, they disgustedly agree to send him back <laughs> Sheila still believes in the Linda three that's right <laughs> she she asks him to stay and fight uh, and then promptly gets snatched by a demon. Of a, of a rare flying demon that doesn't seem to come back too much. Yeah, it was, I mean, not to get serious for a second, but it really reminded me of uh, Q the Winged Serpent. And I was like, I bet that was on purpose. Larry <laughs> Cohen, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. Uh, so that was just cool. I, yeah. I, I love that movie. Um, and uh, Ash is despondent 
about uh, about the loss of Sheila here. Uh, meanwhile, Evil Ash has his Skellifolk digging up more Skellifolk to build an army of the dead. Just a I, I love it. plan. I love the uh, the design of this because it's like you, all you have are just skeletons wearing different hats. Yeah. But the, the hats really give you a, a, a feeling of age. That's where the you've personality got, is. Yeah, you've got Roman centurions, you've got barbarians, you've got Vikings, all buried in the same graveyard. Yeah. Uh, Evil Ash uh, forces a smooch on Sheila, and a, a scout reports this to Lord Arthur, and a panic starts to stir. They'll swallow our souls! It's, it's the calmest scout, I think. He just rides in and he's like, yeah, they're like two days from here. He's exhausted. Uh, you know. He's exhausted. Army of the Dead is coming. <laughs> what That's can you even say at that point? What can you even say? And Ash quiets them down with a shotgun blast. And he says, I'm through running. <laughs> and people are slow to join him, but the blacksmith agrees to fight by his side. And Ted Raimi says, you can count on my steel. And, and my bow. That's right, and Gimli's axe, and everyone, suddenly the whole fellowship is there. Yeah, you're going to start seeing a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of comparisons to yeah, some, a just, movie that comes just a little be, bit later on here. It becomes the Lord of the Rings. It's very strange. <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty much. I, I won't complain. I won't complain about it. But uh, everyone is, suddenly as everyone is ready to fight, and uh, Ash also wants to get Henry's men to help. And they actually cut a scene where he does go ask him for help, which is why suddenly at the end, Henry just like shows up and everyone's like, oh, wow, I guess he knew about the battle. But there was a scene where he went and asked him and said, hey, Henry, we'd love for your help in this. Yeah, there's a few moments where it's just kind of, <laughs> we're, we're just going to yeah. move on to the next thing. We're going to mention that we're going to do something and then uh, we're just going to assume that it's done and keep going. But instead, much like Lord of the Rings, he shows up a la Gandalf. He oh, yeah, shows up over the hill. So Riders of Rohan. That's right. Um, Sheila is revealed to have been possessed. Good lord. She may be bad, but she feels, feels good. good. Uh, all the Ash and the wise men and the blacksmith work now, together. I, to I gotta say, that lines. line is probably more topical uh, these days. I think oh, yeah. that, is, that is a like a feminist icon right there. Sure, I mean, it feels a lot like in um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, when she says, I may be, I think she said something very, or I may be, I, I look bad, or I feel good, or something like that. An homage. An homage, perhaps. Um... But the, the Deadites approach, and they attack, and even the previous scene uh, had a bit of Ub Iwerks skeleton dance tomfoolery, but as the army approaches, it really takes it up a notch. Uh, my dudes are using bones as flutes, drums, bagpipes even. You gotta have a bone bag. The, 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 bone, the bone brigade it's amazing. is it's incredible. incredible. Um, uh, compliments to uh, Danny Elfman, I think, did the score for this He movie. did, he did. Uh, I, I famously love skeletons, even... Even if without Dino being like, I think we should cut the exploding skeletons, I still would have been like, this is the best part of the movie, is these uh, fantastic singing and dancing skeletons. It's a, a wonderful time, and it leads into a great battle sequence. Uh, we don't have time to go over every single amazing detail that catches the eye, but there are many, including a buttload of pyrotechnics and uh, how, how steamed Evil Ash gets. He's like, he's mad, but he does it like, oh, shoot. I, I hadn't I'm watched pissed. this movie in a while. Yeah. And uh, going back and rewatching it, I was shocked to realize how much Peter Jackson had just <laughs> lifted the entire battle for Helm's Deep. It's, this it, is Lord of the Rings. He's almost a sh Like, you know, there's a thing. You could say there's an homage or he's paying homage to. No, it is quite one literally one. Helm's one. Deep. Each, one each, to one. Orc, each orc can be seen as a skeleton. 
they have like the family traits like they have different you know yeah. they put a ton of work into yeah, the yeah, braids even, I mean, and stuff the, the bow part at the beginning right. even right. Aragon's exact movement it's of perfect. him signaling the archers <laughs> is exactly what Bruce Campbell does right. in this movie uh, and the Deadites do break through the defenses, so Ash unveils the Deathmobile, uh, which which plows through and chops through the Skelemen like, well, like a like a Deathmobile through Skelefolk. There's it's kind of a unique situation. I don't it's, have another comparison. It's the, it's, point. The it's the vehicle that again is made by an American man. Yeah. yeah. That he's like, I'm just gonna take a car and turn it into a, a, a helicopter. I'm going to sure. put a big old blade on the front of it. It's so impractical. Well, they say they say form decides function and this is this is a car that's made for cutting down skeletons. And that's that's exactly what they'll do. <laughs> um, now he's stopped when evil Sheila distracts him and causes the car to launch and explode and she attacks, but Ash fends her off right into the pit. The famous pit comes back. And, and that's the utility of a pit. That's right. You never... It's great for disposing of uprising peasants, but also sometimes a demon can just get tossed right in there, too. And maybe that demon will help dispose of the peasants later. <laughs> it's kind of a it, nice... It all comes full uh, circle. A, a self-perpetuating ecosystem is the pit. This is why I'm saying the pit... Is, every house should have a pit. <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, but Duke Henry does arrive with much-needed reinforcements... Uh, but Evil Ash nears the book. Regular Ash is hot on his heels, though, dispatching Evil Sheila once again as she tries to slow him down. She came out of the pit, of course. Um, Do you think she used the same belt trick? <laughs> his belt is still attached. And so she said, well, this is convenient. They didn't clean up. This is why you got to reset. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a cut scene where she's down <laughs> in the pit, chalking up her hands, <laughs> looking for good foot. It's like nine minutes of her just looking for leads to get up. <laughs> Again, again, people at home really doing a, a great uh, yeah, audio a medium. Lot of, a lot of hand prop comedy there. <laughs> Pantomiming, climbing yes, out of the pit. Great, great pantomime work. Uh, that's, this is why I'm a, a physical comedian, of course. The two ashes... The two ashes duel. And it's, it's honestly, it's sick. It's, he does some rad, like, Errol Flynn. Yeah. Double sword swashbuckling. He's going up and down stairs. Going up and downstairs, I just turned completely away from the microphone. <laughs> I got so excited about the double swords. <laughs> One uh, of the hardest sword styles to master, too. And Ash is, again, like, he's a physical <laughs> learner. He has learned this entire style of sword fighting in about a day. Well, we did see them doing the, like, Mulan make a man out of you sequence earlier. I, am, I refute, again, Mulan... <laughs> Paying homage to Army of Darkness. It's the, yeah, it really, it's incredible to see how many things stole, blatantly <laughs> stole from Army of Darkness. You heard it here first. Mulan is chief number one. Actually, no, Lord of the Rings is chief number one. No, Mulan's yeah, it's, number two. It's just two towers. <laughs> um, but Evil Ash refuses to die, even after getting stabbed, lit on fire, and kicked off the parapet. And when he emerges in his final form and says, I got a bone to pick with you, <laughs> First of all, amazing. One-liners. Well, we, it's, it's the Bruce, it's the Ash special, and I love that it's translated to his demonic form. That's right. Well, I didn't even consider that. It, that's, that's something that he, uh, he got from his papa. Well, we talked about this before, and that like, when the Deadites possess someone, they seem to have an inherent knowledge of like, who they are, of yeah. their history, of their memories. Sure. You saw a lot of that in, uh, in Evil Dead 2. I mean, even in Evil Dead 1, where they, like, just let go of them for a second, yeah. and they're just like, oh, I'm Ash, how can you leave me here, Ash? Please don't put me in the cellar, Ash. That's, that was a really great impression this from incredible. Evil Dead 1. 
Um, but also that's Sam Raimi doing the voice here. Once he's all garbled and everything, that's Sam Raimi being Evil Ash here, finally. It is, it is Evil Ash. <laughs> um, it looks like it's over uh, for, for regular Ash when Evil Ash gets the book and uh, he's crushed their pathetic army and now he'll have his vengeance. But Ash notices that he's on a catapult that happens to be holding a bomb with a live fuse. That's really convenient. And uh, he cuts the book from his hand and the rope holding the payload, which sends Evil Ash soaring and exploding. I've heard of Team Rocket blasting off again, but Ash blasting off again? Because of Ash, the Pokemon. Yeah, I got it. it? Yeah, I I get it. I just want to make sure you get that Ash is... Everyone can leave now. You've killed it. It's like the Pokemon trainer, Ash. Catch him. George, stop. Sheila, Sheila has returned. You can't to hear it, but it's like the entire convention just got quiet. Oh, they are and, booing. It's and you vicious. just heard oh, just echo <laughs> through the hall. They really turned on me in a way I wasn't expecting. But I think I think they're signaling us. They're cutting the mics. <laughs> the lights have all turned off. I think the con is canceled. <laughs> we had a good run, but Sheila, <laughs> Sheila has returned to normal, and uh, so have the relationships between Henry and Arthur's men until the men themselves throw aside their weapons and embrace. Huzzah! Nothing brings men together like just blatant combat against skeletons. Sure. Teamwork, that's how, that's teamwork how makes some the of dream my work. best friends. Craig, I say teamwork, teamwork makes the dream work all the time, but normally what I mean is teamwork makes the dream work, and uh, I think that's really demonstrated here by uh, Lord Henry and, uh, and Lord Arthur. Sure. <laughs> sure, George. <laughs> Now, the wise men, they make the potion for Ash. and uh, the, the murder of wise men? That's right. The murder of wise men make the potion for Ash. And actually, the cave that they're in is the Bat Cave from the show. What? What yeah. show? The Batman show. Like, the, it was the, the, what they filmed as the Bat Cave is that cave that they're in. You're looking at me like I have an evil I Ash. I just don't know how that here. even happened. It, I mean, there's only so many caves in <laughs> California. <laughs> they filmed the Batman show in a real cave? For the Batcave? They did, like, what? You get a little coverage? You go into the cave? You shoot a, a few days? Well, I don't know. I feel like... It's just, like, a damp place to... It's, like, a bad place to film. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Craig hates shooting on location. He thinks everything should be green screen. I, I happen do. to disagree, Craig. Sorry. Sorry for the uh, hot take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he says farewell to Sheila, and he's going to return to his own time, but he maybe didn't say every single syllable of the spell exactly, though. And so the Deadites awaken again once more, and they attack him in the store, and they let him save the girl and the day once again. Uh, It's a bit interesting, like I said, that this is a happy ending for just Ash, because the world is now filled with demons. Well, again, to go back to my my girlfriend's point, that this is a movie about a white guy just through his own sheer confidence sure. and overconfidence, ruining everything for everyone. He, I mean, they, everything in this franchise is Ash's fault. Yeah. Every single piece of it, everything that happens. Okay. I'm, I'm going to push back on that because Ash wanted to stop the recording in Evil Dead and then the other blonde-haired guy is like, no, I want to listen to the rest of it. So oh, there you, you know, go. All right, all right. There you go. Got in you, one. Craig. In one. Got your ass. Yeah, in one. Um... <laughs> Well, we retconned that in two. They were like, oh, no, damn, damn it. We didn't, uh, we didn't make Ash seem too awful. <laughs> well, he, he does get to be uh, the hero here at the end. 
And uh, like we said, it, it's a great ending for him. He, he says, hail to the king as he smooches a lady he impressed. And, uh, and he gives her a kiss. And it's interesting to me that they made him change the apocalypse ending when this is very clearly leading into an apocalypse ending. I also like that he wears, he, under his S-Mart <laughs> yeah. uh, like, uniform, he's wearing like some sort of just in case. You never know, it's Craig. It's like a cowboy outfit. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to unveil your demon-killing uh, attire. And that's, 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 that's just why he's the best. Uh, and now, Craig, we've summed up why this, uh, episode, or why this uh, movie is so fun and, and what makes it thrilling. But we've reached the part of the episode where we sum up why it's not just a good horror movie, but is, in fact, the best horror movie ever made. And I'm going to let you start. Where to start, George? Where to start? That's, it, that's my question. That's the question. Army of Darkness is one of the most fun movies I think I've ever watched in my life. There's so years later, almost 30 years later, over 30 years later, it wow. is still giving fresh perspectives. Like I said, I watched it with my girlfriend, entirely new take than anything I had sure. ever considered. Sure. It works on so many levels. It is scary, it is funny, it is genre-bending. It is clearly one of the most influential movies <laughs> of all time. Clearly. Lord, I mean, yeah, we've established Lord yeah, of the Rings Yeah, it's, it's inspired two of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Mulan right. and uh, The Two Towers. Greatest horror movies ever made. Yeah. Part de. Part <laughs> yeah, that's the... I'm coming back to do Mulan, <laughs> just so you know. Sure. I mean, we did talk about Freaky Friday 2003 one time. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. To me, this is the best horror movie ever made because Sam and Bruce, who are the heart and soul of, uh, of this series, but also really just kind of emblematic of indie filmmaking in general for me, and the joy that can be uh, found on screen when you're just making a movie with your pals. Yeah, I think horror a lot of times nowadays can take itself too seriously, but you know, you go back to sort of how horror was in like the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s. You know, these were movies that you went to with friends. These were movies that you would bring a date to for her to get scared and cut up with you. They had a purpose mm. and they didn't have to take themselves too seriously. This movie, I wish I could have gone to see this movie in the theaters when it came out because it must have been so much fun to see the absurdity of it. It is certainly absurd. Um, and that's what horror, horror is, I think, a lot of times about having a good time. Sure. You know, it's about enjoying the experience, whether it's being scared uh, or being, you know, jumped, uh, jumped out of your seat. Or, uh, well, I certainly think that, I mean, that, that is why this is the best, but I yeah. think that there is room for both. But I think that, um, specifically, in, like, I, I just think that in addition to having it be such a fun movie, and, it, and it, it is great, and it's not taking itself too seriously, while also, I think, taking itself appropriately seriously at the right times. But also, you know, Sam and, and Bruce handled more pressure, more makeup, more effects, more actors than ever before. Yeah. And they pulled it off with aplomb. You know, it feels like a natural progression of where Evil Dead was while still not getting stale and falling into the same stuff. Um, I think that there is a lot of fun slapstick to this. I think that part of what makes the Evil Dead franchise so exciting to me is that it really does have everything. Evil Dead 1, it's easy to forget that Evil Dead 1 is, like, pretty scary. Like, there's some yeah. messed up stuff in there. The ankle and the, or the pencil in the ankle and everything. A lot of the effects are really grody. The second one is a nice combination of both. And then this one has a, a little bit of body horror and then a lot of comedy and action. And I think that this is a perfect culmination of the series. There's, of course, the remake and Ash vs. Evil Dead. 
but those are kind of their own thing, and uh, that's why this is the best horror movie ever made. There's just so much love on the screen. Yes. You know, you don't you don't you say that a lot of times when talking about horror movies, but there's just so much care and love and fun. There you go. And it just translates so well. It absolutely does, and I hope that there was so much fun and love <laughs> and and everything that you just said on this stage today. Craig, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, Thank man. you for having me. This was an absolute blast. Is there anything that you want to uh, plug to the good people out there? No. No. There you go. Easy peasy. Uh, as far as my plugs, if you enjoyed the show, we are the best little horror house in Philly, and by we, I mean me, because it's pretty much a one-man operation. Sorry to these guys, but uh, they're just the guests. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. So every week, it's a brand new movie that I am agreeing is the best horror movie ever made. We talk about what makes it so great. We've had amazing comedians, Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys, Joe Wanger, uh, Alana Johnston, Betsy Sodaro, um, incredible writers like um, Anthony de Blasi, who wrote uh, um, Last Shift. The movie Last Shift is really fun. I love that movie. It's a, yeah, it's a great one. Um, we just had uh, Lennon Parham, who's recently starring in Minx on HBO. Um, so really, a ton of great comedians. Uh, check out the Best Little Horror House in Philly, and I'm sure you'll find someone you'll like and a, and a, and a movie you'll like. That's it for me. Thanks, everyone. Bye.